Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Uh, th- this past week, I was taking some of these to the tables uh, at our Beloit campus, and I, I kind of had them stacked up in my hands, and I was taking them out. And, and as I was doing that, it, it kind of reminded me um, of, a, of this challenge my brother and I used to do when I was a kid, and, and maybe you did it when you were a kid. I, we'd hold our hands out like this, and, and uh, the other would, would, my brother would take a book and place it in my hand, then he'd place another, and then another, and then another, and, and we would see who could hold the most amount of books for the, the longest period of time. Um, eventually, obviously, the, the books would become too heavy, and, and uh, the, the books would crash to the ground as our, our hands couldn't bear the weight any longer. But, but sometimes we'd, we'd smile as the light books were added, right? We'd see those thin books added and we kind of smile because we knew that that weight was not going to hinder us very much and um, it wasn't going to strain our muscles very much. But those thick and heavy books, our eyes would open wide as we saw them added to the stack and we'd be like, oh my gosh, here we go. Immediately feeling the struggle, immediately feeling our, our muscles strain. And like I said, the, the books would eventually, they'd crash to the floor, we'd laugh and, and then we would go again. Uh, continuing to stack the books, straining our muscles, trying our best to keep that stack stable, and knowing deep in our minds that eventually all those books, eventually they're going to crash to the ground. Uh, I randomly thought of that the other day, like I said, and it made me kind of laugh. Just a harmless memory of of my brother and I um, entertaining ourselves. We'd often do it at church too. Um, But then for some reason it, it started to make me think about life. Started to make me feel like, remind myself of, of how sometimes life, uh, it, it just feels like the weight is pressing down on me. Straining my muscles, uh, trying to balance it all. Some of the books that life presents, uh, they're light, right? Easy to manage, but then some are thick and heavy. Uh, these burdens that life brings, we stack them up one by one, carrying them with us. Uh, the book of past mistakes, stack it up. Uh, the book of regret, stack it up. The book of anxiety, shame, fear, loneliness, stack them all up. And then uh, we, we begin to feel like we have to carry all of that weight with us. We have to carry all of those burdens with us. We have to manage the weight and the baggage that comes with it. The stack continuing to grow taller and taller until eventually it's starting to block our vision often even blocking or distorting our vision of God. Why would God want anything to do with me? I've got this stack of mess just piled up high. Why, what would he even use me for? These burdens, they start to make us feel like we're worthless, start uh, like we're no good, no use to anyone, not even God. We carry these burdens for some reason like they've become our property. They've become a part of us as a result of the the struggle and hardship of life. Soon it it becomes hard to keep our hands stable, right? Uh, We feel like our lives are out of control. We yearn for something or someone to help us with the weight. Someone to lift these burdens from our hands. We begin to lie awake at night haunted by these burdens that we carry. 
staring at the ceiling, struggling to sleep as we wonder, what if, what if things could be different? What if I could just let all of this go? What if? Have you been there? Maybe weighed down by shame or regret or fear? Yearning for relief, something to release you from this burden? You want to live a good life, a life committed to living out your belief in Jesus? Uh, a life showing love and, to, and support to the, to the people that you love in your life. But it's hard with all this weight pressing you down. And these burdens you're holding on to, making even the easiest things seem like a struggle sometimes. Uh, trying your best to manage all the weight, so afraid that everything is eventually just going to come crashing all around you. The burdens, they cause us to believe lies in our head. Lies that tell us that we're no good, worthless, no good for anyone. How do we find a, rest- a way to restore our vision? Uh, our vision that's been blocked by this, this stack of burdens, this stack of books. Uh, get rid of the lies. How can we safely let it all go? What's a healthy way to rid ourselves of the, these burdens? This, this weight that has been crushing us to the ground. In the book of Isaiah chapter 9, we find the prophet Isaiah writing about the birth of a child, a child that was to be the savior of this world, a a child that would restore the connection between people and God. This child was Jesus. Here's what the Bible says. A child will be born to us. A child will be given to us. He will rule over us, and he will be called Wonderful Advisor and Mighty God. He will also be called Father who lives forever and Prince who brings peace. Well, what's interesting is Isaiah is not only talking about this child's birth, but he's mentioning aspects uh, about this child's character, who he would grow up to be. In all those names and all those aspects, what exactly do we see? We see strength. We see hope. We see peace. For those that read this scripture at that time, When it was written, they immediately knew Isaiah was talking about the Messiah. uh, The Savior who was going to be their rescue, the the one God had promised, the the child that would represent the presence of God among them. For centuries, God's people would read those words about Jesus. They were eagerly waiting for their Savior. Desperate for the strength, the peace, and the hope that he would bring. Uh, They were being crushed beneath the burdens they had stacked up in their hands. I'm sure one aspect that stood out to them in that scripture was the title, Mighty God. This Savior, this Mighty God that had been promised through scripture, would he have the strength to remove the weight that had been crushing them? 700 years passed, are you with me? 700 years passed after Isaiah had written those words. 700 years of people waiting for this child to be born, this this Savior to come, and then one quiet night, this child was born in a manger. Emmanuel, God with us, he was finally born, and as we know from the Christmas story, uh, the news about Jesus' birth, it it spread around the region, right? Uh, The child had come at last, and this child continued to grow in wisdom and strength until eventually he became a man. And as Jesus began his ministry, he, he traveled from town to town, meeting people, connecting with people, teaching people, helping people. And many began to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the one that God had promised. People came into contact with Jesus and began to believe that he truly was the Son of God. 
And there were some that would wonder if he truly is the Son of God. If he truly is the child that was promised in Scripture, that promised to be mighty God, promised to have strength, will he help me with this burden I have been carrying? Have you ever caught yourself contemplating that same thought? Jesus, mighty God, are you there? Are you strong enough to aid me with my struggle? Will your strength remove this weight that has been crushing me to the ground? In the book of Mark, we find a woman... um, And and she has felt the weight of life. And she knows all about regret, shame, guilt, and fear. This woman, she's been sick for 12 years, subject to hemorrhaging. Every day for 12 years, she's lived with this sickness. She's been to countless doctors, spending all she has in hopes that one of them would have a cure. Putting all of her hope and trust in the physician only to be let down. She has to go through some of the most humiliating procedures countless times just to find out that that nothing works. There is no cure. To make matters worse, at that time in that culture, to have a sickness like she had, it it automatically made you an outcast. It, It gave you this label of unclean. And when you had that label as unclean, Uh, There were rules that you had to follow, rules that you had to adhere to, and and if you did not follow those rules, you could be punished or or even put to death. If you were to touch someone, they they too would be considered unclean. So so you couldn't touch anyone. If you did, you could be thrown into prison or, or punished. Everywhere she went, she had to shout that she was unclean. So everyone knew around her just to stay away from her. Uh, pretty much no human contact with anyone. Can, can you imagine? She wasn't allowed to hold the hand of her own child. She was not allowed to embrace her own, her own husband. She most likely didn't even live at home at this point, forced to live on the streets because of her sickness. Uh, she was also banned from most social gatherings like, like the well, city festivals, the, the market. She was banned from the temple, from, from going to church. Imagine how alone she felt. How numb she felt for 12 long years, the regrets that she carried with her, the shame that she held because of her sickness, the humiliation that she endured in in attempts to find a cure, the guilt that she felt because she couldn't be the mother to her child that, that her child needed. She couldn't be the wife to her husband that her husband needed. The fear that she lived with every day, just one wrong move, one wrong touch, and, and she could be thrown into prison or, or even put to death. I imagine at night she would whisper to the night sky, if if only things could be different, what if? What if I could just let all of this go? Mighty God, are you there? Can you help? One day she awoke. She heard some people talking, and these people were talking about this man that was visiting their town. This man that was said to be able to cure the sick and, and heal the lame. Uh, this, said that, this man who was said to, to maybe be the Messiah, the one that Isaiah had written about. Uh, finally, their Savior had, had come. This woman, she knew that she had to go and try and see this man. She believed that maybe he could help, that maybe he could heal her. So she took off to the city looking for him. Eventually, she gets uh, to a point where she sees this large crowd in the city. And in the middle of this large crowd is a man, and this crowd is just following this man, and, and they're kind of pressing against him as, as he's trying to make his way through. And, and the woman, she stands there, and she looks at Jesus. 
in that moment she thinks to herself, well, what if? There was a time in my life where I felt like I had stacked burden after burden after burden. I I was being crushed as a result. A time where I felt like it was my responsibility to carry those burdens because of everything I had gone through. I remember thinking, this is my life now. This is what I have to live with, and and this is what I deserve. I'd gotten married while I was in college, and that marriage did not work out. She ended up having an affair and leaving me for that man. Um, I remember walking into a dark apartment, turning on the light and seeing an empty living room. She had come when I was at work um, and taken all the furniture and a, a lot more. I'd, I'd known that she was going to do it, but uh, I was not prepared for the, for the emptiness that I was about to encounter. I remember sitting there on the floor, zoned out, staring at the, the wooden floorboards. My heart feeling as empty as that room, the weight of embarrassment and failure it laid heavy in my hands. Uh, feeling as though that this would now be my life, unwanted, unloved. Uh, the fear of being alone the rest of my life, it, it weighed heavily on, my, on me. Who would want me now? I'm damaged goods. I'm a failure. I, I'm no good for anyone. I began to carry those thoughts everywhere I wanted, everywhere I went, each one weighing me down to the point where I didn't even think I was of any use to God. In the midst of all that, I remember getting a call uh, from the college that I had graduated from. They wanted me to co-lead a trip, uh, a mission trip to Puerto Rico. Um, and I had, I had dreamed of, of one day moving to Puerto Rico, of, of working at a school that this mission trip was, was going to. But because of everything I had been through, uh, because of the weight that I was holding at that point, I, I had given up on that dream. I was no longer hoping for that dream to come true. Uh, for, the past, for the past seven years before that, I had been going to Puerto Rico and, and serving on that mission trip. And there had been times where it seemed like my dream was finally going to come true, where I'd get to move there. But every single time, something would fall through, and it wouldn't happen, and I was done believing that that dream would ever come true. And I was done believing that I was even capable of fulfilling that dream. My stack of burdens distorting my vision of myself and God and what I was capable of doing. Part of me even felt like God had no use for someone like me. I was allowing the weight to win, crumbling beneath it, afraid to move. I did decide to go on the trip, though. Um, The trip was during... March, and I lived in Wisconsin, so who wouldn't take a a free trip to warm weather? Um, uh, But I figured I'd go, I'd get closure, this would be like my farewell to Puerto Rico, and after that I'd come home and I would be done with that dream. Uh, I'd no longer hold it close to my heart. Uh, I'd work a job that I hated. I'd be alone the rest of my life, alone carrying these burdens that I had stacked high. But I yearned for help. I yearned for a start over, for letting go of all that weight. Mighty God, are you there? This is getting kind of heavy. Can you help? The woman in the book of Mark, she stood staring at Jesus in the distance. He's, he's there in the middle of this crowd, moving through all these people. Everyone is pressing against him as he's trying to pass so many people. We can imagine the woman's hesitation, right? Not quite sure of what to do. Remember, she's not supposed to be 
close to others. She's not supposed to touch anyone. But her desire for Jesus is stronger than her fear. So she moves closer to him. She's getting closer and closer to Jesus. And, and she starts to think, all I need to do is just, just touch a piece of his clothes. And as she reaches out her hand to touch him, as she gets closer and cl- closer, you can see the anticipation on her face. Closer and closer, her hand gets to him until she is almost there, until eventually she touches just the edge of his cloak, and boom, she's healed. Twelve years of sickness is gone. Twelve years of tears and heartache gone, and she feels the relief instantly. And we can imagine the smile on her face as she begins to creep away. Uh, so that she wouldn't be seen. But Jesus, he stops. And with the words that he says, the whole crowd stops, and the woman, she freezes in place. Jesus says, who touched me? Here's what the Bible says. At once Jesus knew that the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd. He asked, who touched my clothes? You, You see the people his disciples answered, the, the crowd, they, they are crowding against you and still you ask who touched me. The disciples are saying, everyone's touching you. You're moving through this, all these people. Everyone's pressing against you. What do you mean? Who touched you? But Jesus, he kept looking around. He wanted to see who had touched him. You can imagine the fear that this woman was feeling. She'd been caught. Jesus, he was not going to let it go. She had broken the law and now she was going to be punished. Uh, the woman, she eventually she gives in and she just falls at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says that she was trembling with fear. She tells Jesus everything. How she's been sick for 12 years, an outcast full of regret and shame. Uh, but just by touching the edge of his cloak, she was healed. Uh, can you see her? on her knees at the feet of Jesus, ready for Jesus to yell at her, ready for Jesus to scold her, to humiliate her, to to punish her, ready for Jesus to add one more stack to this, this piled high burdens that she's been carrying. Instead, Jesus, he kneels down. He maybe even lifts her chin so that her tear-soaked eyes would meet his And then he takes her hands in his and he helps her up to her feet off of the dirt. With with that woman's hands in his hands, Jesus says to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go, Go in peace, free from suffering. The woman probably in shock, right? Not only has she been healed, but she's just been affirmed by Jesus. Go in peace. Live a normal life, free from burden. Hug your kids, hug your husband, go in peace, go. And the woman, she goes, leaving her stack of burdens at the feet of Jesus. A simple encounter with Jesus had changed everything for her. The woman now knew it was true what they had said about Jesus, that he truly was the Messiah that they had been waiting for, the Savior, the mighty God. Like I said, I had gone on that trip to Puerto Rico, and I was dead set on it being my final trip. No longer holding on to the dream of one day living there, I was done. When I got to Puerto Rico, the pastor um, who worked there, who I had known for seven years at that point, um, 
He tells me, I'm excited that you're here. I think there's going to be an opportunity next school year for maybe you to get a job here and and you can move here. Let's sit down sometime this week and, and we can talk about it. And I smiled and nodded and said, okay, but in my head I, I was saying, nah, I'm good. Uh, that had happened so many times those past seven years, and it always did not work out. I, I was done believing in that dream. I, I was done believing that I, I could even be capable of, of working at the school. It was a weird week. Um, I I spent all my time trying to avoid Pastor Carlos, trying to make sure that there was never a time where we could have that conversation. Um, And besides that, I I was happy to be there. I was happy to be with the kids, with the teachers, and with everyone. But I was so sad. I I was sad that this was the last time I was going to be there. Sad that after this, I, I would never go back. Sad that my dream was finally going to be done. The very last night of the trip, uh, we were having a revival at the church that is connected with the school there. Um, and, and it was a night where the students from the school would come with their families, the teachers from the school with their families would come, and, and the praise team, which consisted of kids from the school, were going to be singing at the church. And that was always one of my favorite times uh, of the trip, is, is just hearing the kids sing. They were always so incredible. I remember the very last song that they sang that night. I was leaning up against the wall that was kind of next to the stage. Um, leaning up against this wall in this hallway, kind of hiding away. I, I was watching the kids sing. And I remember the very last song that they sing. All of a sudden, the, the words that they were singing it, it began to pierce my heart. The words that they sang, they, they sang so beautifully. I, I know who I am. I know who I am. I, I know who I am. I am yours. And Jesus, you are mine. As they sang those words, each word invaded my mind full of lies, invaded my heart full of doubt. I stood there with tears starting to roll down my cheeks. And in those, that moment, as I as I held my stack of burdens, I I heard God say, I am not done. And all I could reply is, yes, God, I'm sorry. I know who I am, and, and I am yours, and you are mine. And there in that little church, I could see so clearly in my mind right now, My hands outstretched to Jesus, I laid my burdens down. His hands under mine, I I handed him the doubt, I handed him the lies that I had been carrying with me. And as a result, I, I felt his peace. Go, be in peace, keep dreaming, keep trusting. The mighty God that you love and serve is not done. After the service, I went and I found Pastor Carlos He was in his office. He was kind of shocked to see me since I had been avoiding him all week. But I told him I was in. If there was ever still an opportunity for me to move to Puerto Rico to work at the school, I I wanted to do whatever I could to pursue it. Uh, So he took some time telling me about the the opportunity that was coming the next school year. And uh, the next morning I, I went home. A few months later he calls. 
And once again, it does not work out. Um, the, the school did not have enough money to, to pay me that year. But I was okay at that point. I, I, I was okay. I, I was at peace. Because uh, I knew that God was working, whether I was in Puerto Rico or in Beloit. I, I knew who I belonged to. Instead of my hands being full of burden, I had a handful of God's promises. Hands full of his grace, his love, and his peace. I think deep down inside, we always know that we can bring God all of our burdens, right? But weighed down by the stack, a head full of lies, a heart full of doubt, it's often hard to remind ourselves. How how can we remind ourselves when we start to feel the weight of that burden in life? I, I believe that it starts, that the process starts with this. We recognize it. We have to acknowledge what is weighing us down. Recognize that we have stacked the burdens up one by one and recognize that it's affecting us. Affecting our relationships with others. Affecting our relationship with God. Affecting the way we view ourselves. We have to recognize the lies that these burdens are causing us to believe. And as we acknowledge them, as we recognize them for what they are, we single them out one by one and we can give them to God. We can do that through prayer, during our own personal time with God. We can recognize these burdens and we can hand them to Him. And that's something I neglected to do. I was so focused on the weight, so focused on the lies that were created in my head. So focused on the doubt in my heart, I neglected to bring them before God, thinking that He wanted nothing to do with them. And for some reason, thinking that I had been cursed with carrying this weight. Uh, But there, as I listened to the kids sing that night, as I recognized each burden that I had stacked up, I realized something. Those burdens, they did not come from God. And my friends, if they did not come from God, we do not have to keep them. And that's the next step. We release it. We can let it go. We can release each burden. We don't have to keep them. As those burdens come fumbling into our hands, as if they're our property, as if they're our responsibility to hold them captive, allowing the weight to hinder us, that, that burden, we don't have to keep it, release it, set it free, let it go. As we come before God in prayer, as we reach out our hands to him, we can surrender that stack of burden into his hands, lay down the lies, lay down the doubt. Just like the sick woman, we just need to get close to Jesus. And as we get close to Jesus, as we seek him out and through our faith and trust in Jesus, in return, he will remove those burdens from us. And in return, what we receive from Jesus will not weigh us down. What we receive from Jesus will not hinder us, but will strengthen us. And that's the very last step. Replace it. As we recognize the burden that is weighing us down, as we go before Jesus and release it, we can replace it. We do not replace it with another burden. We replace it with what Jesus offers us as a result of our faith and trust in him. Remember what he offered that sick woman after she was healed? What he said to her, go in peace. The peace we receive from Jesus as he lifts those burdens from our hands, that peace is light as a feather. And that's not all. That peace will lead us to having joy. That peace will lead us to having hope. Recognize it. Release it. Replace it. 
With our hands held out to Jesus, the same hands that had been feeling so much weight from all of the struggle and burdens in our life, our hands held out to him, we begin to feel his hands under ours lifting the burdens away from us. His hands replacing that burden with God's promises, the promise of peace, joy, and hope. And within that promise, we receive his strength. Here's what it says in 1 Peter. So make yourselves humble. Put yourselves under God's mighty hand. Then he will honor you at the right time. Turn all your worries over to him. He cares about you. Be watchful and control yourselves. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion. He prowls around looking for someone to swallow up. Stand up to him. Remain, remain strong in what you believe. You know you are not alone in your suffering. The family of believers throughout the world is going through the same thing. God always gives you all the grace you need, so you will only have to suffer a little while. Then God himself will build you up again. He will make you strong and steady. And he has chosen you to share his eternal glory because you belong to Christ. The same power, the same power, the same strength uh, that healed that sick woman. That same strength is working in your life. That same strength building you back up when you feel like your life has crashed around you. God is not building you back up in burden or in lies. He is building you up in love and in truth, making you steadfast, strong, and steady in the midst of whatever hardship may come in life. When you feel the weight of burden, when you feel like this burden is starting to weigh you down in life, you can remind yourself who you are. You can proclaim, I know who I am. I am yours. And Jesus, you are mine. Remind yourself who you belong to. You do not belong to the burden. You belong to Christ, the all-powerful, the all-sovereign. You belong to Jesus, the same child that Isaiah had written about, the same child born in a manger one quiet night, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the mighty God. You belong to him. Recognize it, release it, replace it, remove the burden and make room for Jesus. We're going to end things today with a, with a time of communion. Um, a time where we can make our way to Jesus, right? A time where we can reach out our hands to him, reach out with gratitude for what he did for us on the cross. A time where we can hand him whatever is weighing us down today. During the Last Supper, the, the disciples, they gathered with Jesus. Jesus spent some time with them, and, and there, during the Last Supper, uh, Jesus, he gives us two things through that. Uh, the first thing Jesus gives us is a command, a command to remember, right? Jesus gives us that command to remember so that we could remind ourselves of the sacrifice that he made for us so that we could have gratitude and, and be thankful for everything that he had done for us. The second thing Jesus gave us during that last supper is an invitation. Are you with me? Jesus gave us an invitation to forget. So whatever we feel like we're weighed down with, whatever we feel like 
we've been carrying because of the, the things that we've done in our life, all of the shame, all of the regret. Jesus has given us that invitation to forget, to let it go, to release it to him and replace it with his goodness and his grace and his peace and his love and his joy. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.